Welcome to the Essential Astrocast. I'm your host, Veronica Peretti. I'm a yoga teacher, a coach, and most importantly, an astrologer. And that's why I come to you every week here in your podcast feed to let you know what's going on up there in the heavens so that you can dictate your fate down here on earth. Let's get started. Welcome back to the Essential Astrocast. I'm Veronica and things are moving forward. I don't know about you, but so much has happened in the past week for me since I talked to you. I got my first dose of the vaccine. Lots of people I know were able to get vaccinated for the first time last week. It just feels like some sort of dam has opened up and the water is flowing full force. I don't know if you feel that way, but I certainly do. I'm getting lots of loose ends tied up. I'm getting lots of projects taken care of and completed. It's been a really productive week for me, and I hope it has been for you too. I notice that my fiance, he's really interested in spring cleaning right now, which is not normally his thing. But there is a sense that it's been one year. We've been doing this pandemic lockdown dance for one whole year, and we all have a lot of collective stress, anxiety, fear, worry, energetic residue that we just are ready to let go of. So spring is in the air. Today I am recording this in my New York City apartment with all of the windows open, although I close the windows in my bedroom where I record so that hopefully the sound is good. It's just this feeling of freshness in the air. And this week we have the sun conjunct Neptune. So Neptune is a planet of transcendence. Neptune is the planet of our spirit. It rules the sign of Pisces and we're in Pisces season. So Neptune has been in Pisces for quite a few years and will be there for quite a few more years because Neptune is very far away from us. So from our vantage point, he moves very slow. But the sun is going to meet up with him this week. So each year when the sun conjuncts Neptune, it's one day every year, and it's a day that allows us to feel more deeply connected to our intuition. It makes it easier to trust your gut. It allows you to feel more connected to your spirit. Because Neptune, since it rules Pisces, it rules the realm of spirit. It also rules the realm of endings. So if there is something that you want to tie up before the new moon in Pisces later this week, then Wednesday is a great day. It's going to illuminate what needs to be released because the sun meeting up with Neptune, Neptune, the ruler of Pisces, Pisces, the sign of endings, the sun is going to illuminate what needs to end so that something new can begin. This season of Pisces, the sun being in Pisces, it's the final zodiac sign. It prepares us for the fresh start, for the new astrological year that begins on the spring equinox when the sun moves into Aries. Aries is the first sign of the zodiac. You might be tempted to engage some of your old vices when the sun joins Neptune because Neptune and Pisces, they do rule our addictions. They do rule the things that we lean on when maybe we're not feeling so strong emotionally, energetically, or spiritually. So watch out for that. 
it also might show you what needs to go or what needs to change. So if you reach for the extra glass of wine or you reach for your phone to go online shopping after midnight, you might notice, oh, this is the behavior that I'm using as a coping mechanism and it's not really serving me. So pay attention to where you go when you're feeling a little bit weak late at night, you know? That can give you some information as to what you want to work with this year because this year is marked by Saturn squaring Uranus and we're having that transit all year. Saturn is the old way of doing things. Uranus is the change that makes you change the old ways that you do things and find the new way that you want to do things. So just notice if this week you have a little illumination around what perhaps needs to change if you haven't already had that aha moment with the previous connection of those two planets. This sun conjunct Neptune on Wednesday is also a great opportunity for spiritual study or practice. If you have been neglecting your meditation practice or neglecting your yoga practice, this is a good time to get back to it. If you've been feeling called to do something like A Course in Miracles every day or maybe read some spiritual or inspiring text every morning, that's a great thing to recommit to. It's great for doing things that have a spiritual context to them. It's great for doing things that help you feel like you can escape whatever is going on in reality, you know, escape in a healthy way. My favorite escape right now is watching Downton Abbey. I'm in the final season and I'm so sad that it's going to end because it's been such a great escape for me during this time when so much stuff is going on in the world and it can be hard to pull away from what's going on in the news. It can be hard to pull away from social media. And it has been this wonderful, magical escape for me to go into this show most nights. So note where you have healthy escapes and note where you have not healthy escapism. This week is a great week to escape. So if you want to escape to your meditation practice, if you want to escape into a great season of downtown Downtown Abbey, I highly recommend both those things. It's not great for hardline negotiations because when the sun is conjunct Neptune, we can feel a little bit gullible. We can feel a little bit naive. Plus this week, we're in the fourth quarter of the moon cycle. We're at the ends of the moon cycle. This is when you want to release. This is when you want to let go and prepare the soil to plant the seeds at this new moon on Saturday. Okay. So Saturday, we have our new moon in Pisces at 23 degrees at 521 AM Eastern time. This is a beautiful new moon. First of all, moon in Pisces always feels really dreamy, really um, meditative. It allows you to connect with your subconscious. Anything Piscean, anything Neptunian is going to bring up the subconscious. And I always talk about this. My favorite symbolism in all of astrology really is the Pisces fish because they are two fish swimming in opposite directions. One is swimming toward the heavens, toward our highest self, and one is swimming toward the underworld, toward our subconscious, our shadow self. And those two fish are connected by a string. They 
have to be connected. They're never disconnected. So only when we go into our deepest shadow, only when we go into the deepest layers, the vastness of our subconscious, can we ascend toward our highest self. And that's what we learn every Pisces season. So this week, end of the moon cycle, sun conjunct Neptune, new moon in Pisces on Saturday. If there was ever a week to go to the beach and just chill out, this is it. But I know you're probably stuck in your apartment like I am. So if you are stuck at home, this is a great week to get back on your meditation cushion, to get back on your yoga mat. Make sure you have lots of free space in your schedule to sit outside and just gaze at the sun and feel that vitamin D sinking into your skin and just enjoy, enjoy the the small things, enjoy the moments of presence because Pisces is about being present to your beingness. It's not about doingness, right? We're going to have lots to do when we get to Aries season. Aries is a doer. It wants to take action. How can you just be with what is for this week and next week? Because then we'll be on to Aries season. Now, the new moon in Pisces on Saturday is conjunct Venus and Neptune. So Venus and the sun are traveling close together on March 26, which is my birthday. Venus and the sun will get together. I'm very excited for my birthday to be on the Venus sun conjunction this year because Venus and the sun are traveling close together. A new moon is when the sun and the moon come together. And Neptune is of course in Pisces and he just had his conjunction with the sun. We have Venus, Neptune, sun, moon. It is a beautiful new moon. And when I pulled up the chart of this new moon for New York, the new moon and these planets are in the first house. So this is a beautiful new beginning. If you want it to be a new beginning for you, it's a great time to commit or recommit to your dream because Pisces rules our dreams and our fantasies. It's also a great time to commit to what you need to release. What is standing in between you and your dream? Now, here's the deal. Normally we do intentions on releasing for the full moon, but because Pisces rules endings and because so many people I'm talking to are really struggling with shaking off the anxiety, shaking off the depression, shaking off some of the bad habits or bad coping mechanisms that they've taken on this year. Let this new moon help you release what is standing in between you and your dream. So I was talking over text with a friend yesterday and we were talking about why she continually can't commit to what she needs to do to lose weight so that she can be healthier. And she knows that she's not going to date and find a partner until she loses weight because she won't allow herself to. She doesn't feel her best. So I said, maybe you're holding on to the weight because it's keeping you safe. Because if you don't go out there and date, you can't get hurt. You can't have your heart broken. So it's pretty simple, right? And we do these things all the time. We do things that self-sabotage ourselves, that keep us from doing the things that we need to do to take 
additional steps toward our dreams. If you are doing that, and I'm not saying you are, but often when we want something, but we don't feel that we are deserving of it, we find ways to sabotage ourselves. We put roadblocks in our own way. And so if you are doing that, then this new moon in Pisces is an awesome opportunity to commit to doing the work, to releasing what's standing in between you and the dream. So if you know that you really, really want a partner to share your life with, but you also know that you're not going to go looking for one until you lose X amount of weight, then that's the thing standing between you and your ultimate dream. And that is a simple example. Maybe yours is a little more complex, but I think you get the idea. So that's something to think about for this new moon. Of course, if you want to set your new moon intentions with me, you can join online yoga club and every new moon and full moon each month, we join and do a restorative yoga practice, some meditation and some journaling. And we work with the moon cycle and we set our intentions and we set our intentions of what we want to release for the full moon. So I'll be walking my yoga students through this on Sunday at 4 p.m. Eastern. If you'd like to join us, you can always go to my website, veronicaparetti.com slash yoga and sign up and join us there. So this new moon is also sextiling Pluto. So it is helping us let go of what needs to be released so that we can be reborn. If that's what you want, because a sextile is not a square. It doesn't force itself. A sextile is something that is helpful, but it needs to be used. It's a tool. If you are looking to set an intention to commit to releasing something that's standing in between you and your dream, Pluto is going to help you with this new moon. Okay. Pluto loves to destroy things for the sake of rebirth. So if you need some destruction, you need to burn some stuff down so that you can be reborn. He's here to help on this new moon. This new moon's at 23 degrees. So to get a little bit more technical, that is a sextile from the 22 degrees Capricorn, where we had the big Pluto, Saturn, Jupiter conjunctions all through 2020. So if there is some stuff that still needs to be released, that's draining you energetically, this is a great new moon to do it. I know I'm talking a lot about release this week. I think it's just the Pisces vibes and this feeling of wanting to prepare for spring and feeling light and unburdened as we move into Aries season. So on Saturday the 13th, we also have Mercury clearing its shadow He was retrograde, as you know, and he's been in his post-retrograde shadow. He's going to leave that shadow on the 13th, and then things are really going to be moving onward because all the planets are moving forward until really the end of May, technically the end of April because Pluto will retrograde end of April, but Pluto is very far away from us, so it's not something that we feel as intensely. We might feel it intensely on the days surrounding that station, but it won't impact our daily life as the Mercury retrograde might. So really until the end of May, the next Mercury retrograde, we have everything going forward. We'll also have Saturn retrograde at the end of May. So something to look forward to, but not to worry about just yet. Right now, it's all about moving forward. What can you do to get yourself moving 
ahead? How can we get ourselves to Aries season feeling rested, feeling optimistic, having a plan, an action plan in hand, something to really work on as we move into the next chapter. That is what we want to do. We want to prepare you for that spring equinox so you're ready to launch come Aries season. The sun is actually in a semi-square this week, which is not an aspect that I talk about very much, but the sun is in a semi-square, which basically means that he is equidistant between Saturn and Uranus. And I told you that this Saturn-Uranus square this year is the main event of the year. The sun being between these two means that you might be seeing some movement forward right now, or you might be hitting some speed bumps, or you might be experiencing some illumination of what needs to change, okay? So that is something that you might notice, you might not notice, but I definitely feel like whatever was planted February 17th with that Saturn, that first Saturn square Uranus, there's a lot of momentum right now. So I think a lot of people planted a lot of seeds about a lot of change because a lot of things are happening for all of us, it seems. Okay. The big themes of this week are your intuition is heightened. So trust your gut and release any lingering energetic drains by Saturday. There's anything draining you. This is the time to let it go. I'm going to do a quick run through of the moons, and then we're going to talk a little bit about Meghan Markle. Okay. So we had the moon move into Aquarius on Tuesday, the 9th. That's the day I'm recording. This is also my father's birthday. My dad was a Pisces, a very un-Piscean Pisces. Although the funny thing about Pisces is I have a few of them very close to me and they are often not gentle and not spacey, dreamy people. So it's very funny how we often have these stereotypes of the zodiac signs, and then you have people in your life that, of course, don't match those stereotypes. And I tell people all the time, when you see those memes on Instagram, read them for your moon sign, because your moon sign is gonna be a little bit more stereotypical to its sign than your sun sign. We're always evolving into our sun sign. We're born our moon sign. I always joke with my clients that your moon is like your default factory settings. It's like your iPhone when you receive it from Apple before you've put your apps and your contacts in it, before you've met people and had experiences that change your worldview, your moon is your default. It's what you always go back to when you're stressed or overwhelmed. So when you see those memes on Instagram, you want to read them for your moon. You can read them for your sun and your rising also and just see what's more accurate for you. But I find that it's much more accurate for my moon sign most of the time. The moons for the week. Moon into Aquarius on the 9th. Again, my dad's birthday. That's why we got off on that tangent. And then we have the moon moving into Pisces on Thursday. We're going to be in the dark of the moon for most of this week, which means that the night sky is dark. And we're at that place in the moon cycle where we turn inward, we get quiet, we spend more time in stillness, being with ourselves, pulling away from the world and allowing ourselves to release and renew till the soils so that we're ready to plant those seeds with the new moon. 
Then of course we have the new moon on Saturday at 5:21 a.m. Later that day, the moon enters Aries at 6:44 p.m. We also have Venus conjunct Neptune on Saturday, which we didn't talk about too much. It's similar to what the sun conjunct Neptune feels like. And those three planets are so close together. They're really vibing off each other. If you get an intuitive hit about a relationship, about your money, trust it. If someone tries to sell you something crazy or tries to get you invest in something that sounds too good to be true, don't do it. Then on Sunday, it's daylight savings time. So on Sunday night, when you go to bed, you want to set your clocks back. Although who sets their clocks back anymore? Because I feel like everything is electronic and we don't actually have to manually do that. I don't think I have one manual clock in my apartment anymore. And then next week, little glimpse into next week, because I probably won't talk to you until Tuesday. On Monday, the 15th of March, Mercury enters Pisces. And so for a few weeks, we are going to be feeling more intuitive. We'll be thinking less logically and more from a place of intuitive gut, less pragmatism. So that's something to keep in mind as we move forward into next week. Let's take a quick break here and then we'll come back and we'll talk about Meghan Markle. Okay, guys, so we're back. We're talking about Meghan Markle. I looked at her natal chart for a few minutes before I hopped on to record this week. So I don't have a ton of information. I didn't do a deep dive. I didn't even look at Harry. I didn't even look at their wedding date. I really just looked at her chart to see what was going on for her because obviously she is the impetus for everything that's going on. So Meghan is a son in Leo. Makes sense. She's an actress, right? So Leo is the performer. She is a moon in Libra. And she is a rising in Cancer. So she's a little bit of a people pleaser. When you have a Libra moon, you are always going to want everyone to be okay. When you have a Cancer rising, you're going to want to make sure everybody is taken care of. That's one of your major motivations. And as a Leo sun, you move from the heart. Leo gets a bad rap for being a little narcissistic, but the truth is that every Leo lives their life from their heart, from their passion, from their love. So she is a person that desperately wants to be loved and desperately wants to love other people and really wants to care for her family and take care of her people and wants everyone to be happy and not only with themselves and then with their own situations, but with her. I think it pains her deeply that the situation has taken the course that it has. So she was born with the great conjunction in her chart. She's born in 1981. So that was when we had Saturn and Jupiter come together in Libra. You may recall me talking a few months ago in December about the Great Conjunction and how it was the first one in Aquarius since 1405 and how for 200 something years, the Great Conjunction was happening in Earth signs. And there was one blip on the radar, which was 1981. And so for all those 1981 babies, they have the Great Conjunction in their chart in an air sign in Libra. She has a packed Libra 
portion of her chart. It's what we call a stellium. So when you have three or more planets in one sign or in one house, we call it a stellium, which means there's a concentration of energy there. And she has a big concentration of Libra energy. So she's born with that great conjunction. So that means that every 20 years when we have a great conjunction, it is a recurrence for her. When it happens in the sky and you've got it in your chart, it's a recurrence for you, which means that you're feeling it a little more deeply than those of us who don't have it in our natal chart. So she's feeling it pretty intensely. And the great conjunction is about progress. Saturn is building structures. Jupiter is about expansion. So we're always progressing, evolving, moving forward when we're working with the great conjunction. And that's another reason that we're having so much forward movement this year in 2021. That's probably one of the reasons why the interview is happening now. I think they sat down a few weeks ago. I'm not exactly sure when they sat down, but we're still in the vibration of that great conjunction from December 21st, the winter solstice in 2020. And she's feeling it even more intensely than the rest of us who don't have it. So that is probably a reason that this interview is happening when it is. Okay. The other thing is that she has Pluto at 21 degrees Libra, which means that all that Pluto, Saturn, Jupiter stuff at 22 degrees Capricorn at the very beginning of 2020, that really lingered for all of 2020, that was squaring her Pluto in Libra. So she had Pluto square Pluto in 2019. And then when Pluto went into 22 degrees and met up with Saturn at the very beginning of 2020. So her Pluto square Pluto, when we have a Pluto square Pluto in our chart and we all get them, it is an experience of a power struggle. It is an experience of something happening that you have no control over. It can often be an experience that makes us go into the deepest part of our subconscious, the deepest part of our shadow self. It often can bring up old trauma. It can bring up our core wound it can put us through the ringer. So it's not surprising to me with that Pluto square Pluto that because the situation was so intense, some of that deep stuff was coming up for her and her mental health issues, which may or may not have shown up prior in her life, we don't know, those things were coming to the surface because Pluto was illuminating what was going on below the surface. Now, she also has a yod in her chart. So a yod is a finger of God. And it means that there's some faded destiny oriented occurrences that will happen in your life that will force you to rise up to your fullest potential. And so her yacht is pointing at Chiron and Chiron is the core wound. Chiron mythologically was the wounded healer. He never felt like he belonged and he could cure everyone else, but he couldn't cure himself. So she has that Chiron in the 11th house of groups and communities. Now I was trying to think of where would the Royals live in the astrological chart? And I'm sure that someone who is an expert in Royals astrology probably knows this way better than I do, but Leo is the sign of the lion, the king of the jungle. 
there's a sense of royalty. Leos have a certain regalness about them. That's the fifth house. Fifth house is performance. It's the opposite of the 11th house. 11th house is the groups in the community. So having that Chiron in the 11th house opposite Uranus in her fifth house. Uranus is the change maker. So she is the change maker. She brought the change to the royals. But it's opposite that Chiron, meaning that it is directly stabbing or poking at that core wound that she has. And her Chiron is in Taurus. So her core wound has something to do with not feeling worthy, not feeling valued. So the other piece of the puzzle that I think is interesting is that she has Mars and Cancer in the 12th house, which often can indicate a struggle with your own personal power. So she was struggling to make her voice heard. She was struggling to find her own power in this situation. And remember, her rising is Cancer. Her Mars is in Cancer in the 12th house. Mars is our motivation. Mars is our determination, our willpower. Her will is to make sure that everyone is taken care of because Cancer is the sign of the Divine Mother. So it makes perfect sense that she was trying to take care of everyone else and in that process probably lost herself because that's what happens. That's the low vibration of Cancer is feeling like you have to take care of everyone else, but never being able to nurture and nourish your own self. So that's a little insight into what may be going on for Megan. I hope that is interesting to you and helpful. I know we were going to talk about Cuomo. We still haven't. I'm probably going to do that on Instagram. So make sure you're following me over there at Veronica Peretti and I will see you next week. All right. Take care and remember to trust your intuition this week and release anything that is draining you energetically. And I hope you have a wonderful new moon on Saturday. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you like the show, please rate and review it on Apple podcasts and tell your friends. Finally, come find me on Instagram at Veronica Peretti. I'll talk to you next week.